Hello and welcome to the Gandhi Geek Podcast with myself, Gregory Harrison, Elliot Myers, and Graham Jordan. And our special de- guest today, Grant Sharkey. Oh, hello. I'm getting better at these. Yeah, you're definitely getting better. Like, it's because I don't have to look at you guys that put me off. It, our naked bodies oh, are quite distracting. Uh, guys, I think it's important that we try not to talk over the guest when the guest is talking. Isn't that right, Grant? Yes. Uh, what anyway. hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have Grant. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's good that you've found the time. Presumably, you would have been on tour by now. So, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I should should be living in my car by now. <laughs> I should you... be covered in onion bhaji juice. Are you still living in your car just for the, the fun of it, or? No, no, no. Okay. no I'm, I'm, uh, I go there every now and then. Quarantine in the backseat. Give it a little kiss, yeah. <laughs> Spill a kebab, and just to let it know it's still loved. Did you have a tour fully booked before all of this, or was this, um, is yeah, this was, during season? I was pretty much uh, booked up until the end of August. Wow. So, so yeah, this is a big chunk of... Uh, work gone so, but, but I mean part of that was festivals and stuff like that so it's not like you're losing much money at festivals um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but also stuff like Edinburgh Festival and all that which is actually pretty good for for just uh, I don't know just the creative tank you fill up yeah. lots of juice uh, mm. in that space so so yeah so it's a bit of a shame but I, I get it public health and all that isn't it yeah, can I can I just um, can I say for those that probably if yeah, for those that don't know and hopefully there aren't many people uh, listening to the Guernsey Gigs podcast that don't know you, but for those that don't know you, Grant, can you can you give us your quick spiel that you might say to some uh, some punters at, at a gig? How would you introduce what you do and why you do it? Uh, I play a double bass and sing songs about the government. <laughs> um, uh, 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 it, so every six months I've released an album and then um, on each album cycle I go on tour around the, the country it's all completely DIY there's no record companies there's no uh, there's no big money behind it it's literally just just me and the people that like it and uh, yeah and and it's become a full-time job um, and uh, a, a, a way of life now it's a vocation an album every six months so that's an incredible amount of uh, creativity that, that that you have to do what 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 led you to want to start this in the first place why uh, so um firstly there was a guy called jonathan colton doing a thing called a thing a week many years ago so you thought so an album a week his, his crappy coding job and he decided yeah, I, well, I thought what you need to do is is, is work consistently and work um, hard um, to do it because the music industry is so shot anyway without a virus um, that you need to work that hard just to even try and make um, uh, any sort of living with it, um, especially with original music, which is the hardest thing. Because yeah. um, obviously, you know, a covers band can sort of pull in sort of 400 quid a night, you know, as a fee, let alone with many merch or whatever, but... But yeah. the original scene, you kind of got to go. Here's my hat. Please put some money in it, and mm. uh, and sometimes yeah. you end up with twenty. Sometimes you end up with 
300 but it's you know it's it but you you can't guarantee any of it so <laughs> so so to work that hard you just have to just keep doing it basically and keep going but the big the good thing is the more you do it the more songs you have you know the more experience you have so going on stage it, it eventually sort of becomes a really good piece of uh fun work <clears throat> work every day um and and trying to make uh, uh people laugh uh, that's the other thing is there's humor in it as well so it's it's sort of time locked to the moment i'm on stage <clears throat> so uh so yeah i used to write songs about a thing called brexit um which, uh, yeah which, memories. Uh, which was cute yeah we're not material on that one now yeah and that's just gonna be about full-on fascism um, <laughs> do, you, do you think that's what makes it kind of I suppose to a certain extent you can write every six months because it is political based and it changes so quickly anyway. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you are about one conservative prime minister in the last four years, you know, those David Cameron <laughs> albums rubbish, wouldn't they? <laughs> but, but the, the, yeah, I mean, the world changes all the time as we know. And, and if you keep an eye on it, there's plenty to write about There's you know, and, and also you've got your own feelings about those things as well. Um, we change every day you know we are we are the um uh you know you, you're not the same as you were yesterday i hope you know and mm. so so how you approach things as well i can write about the same subject from a five years time um and feel differently about it so so it, i don't know about you but can, yesterday uh, i was drunk and today i'm hungover so well you're breaking up go on yesterday yeah, i was drunk but today i'm hungover so cool. yeah exactly <laughs> yesterday drunk and today, I think it, it was difficult to hear what Elliot was saying then because he was breaking up a bit. I think what he was saying was yesterday he was drunk, but today he's got Alzheimer's and he has word finding difficulties. <laughs> yesterday, I speak normally into a microphone. Today, uh, <laughs> uh, fond memories of when Elliot used to be skilled. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you remember when he got all those little shaped bricks into the little box? <laughs> it's all right. My band's instrumental. Great, we don't need microphones. <laughs> uh, so, so Grant, Grant, who is this? Who is this chap, Jonathan? That that you said was he like an inspiration for you? Then he was doing something every Jonathan week. Colton, yeah. Um, so you may have heard a song called "Re Your Brains." Oh yeah. About um an office block being attacked by zombies. Um but zombies from an office block. Um so that's the 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 chorus goes, All we want to do is eat your brains. We're not unreasonable, nobody's gonna eat your eyes. Um <laughs> and, and uh <laughs> we're sort of using office speak to talk as one of the one of the zombies negotiates their way in to eat you. Um <laughs> and um uh, he did another one called Code Monkey and stuff like that. He did a really good cover of, uh, of Baby Got Back. I like Big Butts, but it's sort of done like a John Denver type thing. Wow. wow. And he's really funny. And, and, and I, I went to see him when he toured a couple of times uh, many years ago. And um, and and as a stage show as well, it's just very funny and very warm and thing. very geeky. Um, mm. But at the same time, it's all very quite sweet. And you realize that he built up a fan base of geeks, essentially, by just working his ass off doing that. And, and that led him to play in chapel in London, and it made, made me think, well, hang on, this guy basically put in a year's worth of work, and mm. and sort of went around and did it. So, so, uh, so it, it made you realise that it's not actually, um, 
it's all to do with with your work um yes that's what it's always about so so you can be as anti-capitalist as you like but you've got to work out okay what's my bottom line what can i do what can i put out mm. there, you know and all, and all that sort of thing and and do it basically yeah i am the ultimate tory <laughs> small businessman yeah exactly you know I just, I just pulled myself up by my bootstraps uh. <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't i mean you, you you didn't just start doing that did you what were you doing before what was your first what was your origins of like playing music did you did you study music at school and then how did I, it all work i got a d in my gcse music oh, um, same same <laughs> and um <laughs> So I didn't really study music. Um, I went off and did uh, a, a little bit of college and doing some um, uh, drama type stuff in English and and media. Um, and I didn't I didn't like that. Uh, I had this drama teacher who basically just said, "I don't know why you're all doing this. You're all just going to be unemployed anyway. There's no point." <laughs> <laughs> That's so really, he was actually Timothy Dalton's cousin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, big uh, yeah and 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 i went yeah i don't want to be a, an actor anyway or i'm i'm literally here for the laugh um so so uh and i was in bands i was playing bass a lot anyway because bass is the best instrument absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah <laughs> can't, can't disagree uh, <laughs> okay that that seems to have caused some controversy amongst <laughs> the panel here can you explain why bass is the best instrument, please? I don't think it needs explanation. Yeah. <laughs> Hitler never played bass, so therefore bass players <laughs> the best. Paul <laughs> Pot never rocked out a Fender Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> These are all compelling arguments. <laughs> yeah, check it out. But all of them could play drums. <laughs> yeah. Well, they certainly beat people, well. didn't they? Yeah. Um, oh God, Graham! He's gone the right direction. Go <laughs> anyway. Um, um, but the 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 truth is, uh, the, people dance to the bass. The bass is a connection between the drums and everything else, and and bass is the best instrument because it's the one I play. But um, <laughs> but I, I also, you know, it's, it, I was playing bass a lot in lots of different bands, and I ended up getting a job when I was about nineteen on the on the television on channel five on channel Ooh. five uh a burgeoning new channel and uh and i yeah. ended up playing bass on that for a live band and i learned so much in that year essentially well you're all there still yep yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. you're all here i was just, just listening intently I was, just, I was kind of remembering <laughs> probably for a younger uh younger listeners that won't remember Channel Five, but it basically went. It went back in the early days. It went from black and white. It went to BBC yeah. One, Two. Then it went to ITV, and then there was this new thing called Channel Four. And we're all very happy with the four channels for a while. And then they went to Channel Five, and it all started getting very odd. And then yeah. from Channel Five, it went to the world, and just Wait, like, there was Sky. There was remember everything. black and white TV, Graham? <laughs> how, how old are you? God. <laughs> I, I had a black and white. Well, I, I got a theory that everything was black and white back then. It was yeah. not just TV. <laughs> yeah. There was just a time where it was black and white, and then we discovered colour. Yeah. There's that classic, <laughs> isn't there? There's, there's, 
obviously, you know, the signal wasn't in black and white, but the TVs were. And there was that classic bit of snooker commentary that said, and for those of you watching in black and white, the red ball is next to black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'll just tell you one really funny thing. So this shows how old I am, I suppose, that when we first got just, our, first, our first remote control, I remember my dad, who was a bit of a Luddite when it came to electronics, sitting in his favourite armchair with his cup of tea, which was permanently there, it seemed. There was a permanent cup of tea there always. And he would grab the remote control with great pride, get up out of his chair, which took some effort, walk over to the TV, hold the remote control on the television, change the channel <laughs> and then walk back to his chair with a sense of pride and accomplishment sort of more like a taser <laughs> <laughs> we watched him do that for months <laughs> it's almost like he didn't understand the two words going together <laughs> no no he didn't he didn't wow. so so you went to draw and you didn't want to do the actor drama thing but nah. i can i I'm, I'm thinking maybe that influenced your style a little bit about your your performances and what you do now but but what was your first band what what did you start doing music i, I can't remember the first band exactly i remember it was, it was like a group of us who one of us could play guitar and one could play bass and i was a drummer and we had about eight different names that we all wrote on different notebooks. Yeah, band names, early band uh, names. Tell us. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Phantasmagoria. That was one. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, there was one called Snout. Snout. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Um, oh, I can't remember them all now. I just, I just sort of remember this notebook full of very short, bollock songs. <laughs> and, that's, and, that's a great album title right there. <laughs> I think it could be the title of my next album. Yeah, um, but um, <laughs> or it could be the title of uh, an anti-Minutemen band. So, uh, but the, um, uh, but the the yeah. So we we used to get together in a, like a scout hut or something like that, and just and just play sort of nonsense. I think we all sort of learned a few Pearl Jam songs and a couple of Nirvana songs or whatever, and sort of knock those out but we didn't really gig or anything um, that must have annoyed the scouts uh, sorry what <laughs> that that must have annoyed the scouts <laughs> no, not at all they love pearl jam um <laughs> off off verses what a great song um <laughs> but um uh, we've, got, the, we've got radio silence oh, hello i can hear oh, you have hello right <laughs> can hear you. Um, but yeah, the 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 bands were were, were nothing crazy or, or amazing. Um, but I learned I learned the most when I got this job. I could learn loads. I, I learned loads of primers all by myself, um, wow. which was kind of nice. And so that's when I found out it was my instrument. And then um, then there was this audition for this TV show, and I I basically turned up with a bass and my rendition of Tommy the Cat or whatever. <laughs> and, <laughs> This musical director's there going, yeah, you're actually the only bass player that's turned up. All the other people that put bass player on the form um, were guitarists trying to get in because they knew there was thousands of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he then said, can you play I Wish by Stevie Wonder? I'm like, who's that? And um, <laughs> so nice. and I'm, I'm a grunger. And, um, uh, and then he played I Wish on the piano and I picked up the bass line and went, yeah, I can play that. He went, cool, you got the job. Um, and then we had to learn stuff really quickly. So we had Wednesday evening rehearsing what we, we were told what we had to play at the weekend. Uh, and they told us on a Wednesday evening, we learned it. 
Uh, and then Saturday and Sunday were live broadcast. So you sort of had to get it right, basically. Wow. So, so back then I just, just went right. Okay. And I learned so much about pop music and about, you know, arrangements and I, I couldn't read music at the time and stuff like that. And it was sort of my, my forming ground into how I can work quickly. I remember things yeah. really well. That's, that's, that's what I've got out of that. And I can, I can come in on a click of two as well. None of this can business. Because live as well, five. you obviously didn't have this sheet music or anything like that to yeah. so support you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I suppose it really develops the ear where you can like learn things. Oh, yeah. By, by learning them off by heart and doing that. There's like a Suzuki technique, which is um, sort of a violin technique oh, okay. that kids learn. And it's all about how. It's about getting a young, younger people playing the violin, but also you have to learn off by heart, and it really develops the ear and how people can just listen to something and then yeah. just really play it. Yeah, totally. And I think if you can hear music in your head before you play it, then it's actually a a, a whole new skill. I, I write a lot of music without touching my bass. So, mm. um, so once you've learned your instrument that well, you can actually sort of just go, okay, I'm playing an A. I kind of want to go to the C. That sounds all right. And, and you can just sort of start creating songs before you pick up the bass and then go, oh, no, I can change that to that and whatever. But, but yeah, it's, it, it is very much about if you, if you can train your ears, you're, you're set for life as a, as a musician, I think. I think that yeah. the, the Beatles had a similar sort of thing uh, where they used to play as a, as a, as a pub band um, you know, seven days a week and they, they would learn the top... Uh, Top of the charts, like every week they would play the top ten songs. Charts, exactly. so they would learn them each, and and that's like a the perfect formation for creating a pop band. Okay. Without a doubt, yeah. knowing knowing the charts inside if, out. If, you know, performing them as well. If you learn all the changes that make people dance. Exactly. Mm. If you the blues is there for a reason. You know, the one four five is there for a reason, and people love the one four five, and and. If you if, if you learn all those little things, you know that just just make people go, oh, I like this. All those little hooks, you know, yeah, you're just you're just set for life, basically. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. That's then why we play doom metal. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, learn all these things and then go and play something completely different. <laughs> it is the same thing. I mean, yeah, the yeah. dynamics are still there. Yeah, absolutely. You know the build it a certain way and you go half time when you really want to make things heavier you know mm-hmm. there, there, there is a, there's still a language to all of that yeah absolutely so so it's it's it, it i i think it's it's really um uh, really essential for musicians to sort of work out what part of your music is actually making people enjoy it i mean with the rex it's just about repeating the same thing over and over again isn't it pretty much La, la, la. <laughs> I love the new single, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it's it's. Why um, did that get such a big laugh? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know, watching the Rex is very much about. Okay, this is the beginning of the song. It's going to be this a lot later. And but at the same time, if you know, that's me analysing it as music, but. But as a piece of songwriting, it's genius because it gets everyone moving, and that's yeah. what you want to be doing. And immediately so start singing it, along to it with all the la la la's. Yeah. You know the lyrics already. When, <laughs> yeah, when we when we were growing up, 
um, you know, we, we still had that thing where people had very segregated music collections where people were like, I'm into rock and people can dance. Um, and then the prodigy came along and fucked it all up for everyone. <laughs> and, and, and suddenly everyone had other stuff on their, their iPods or on their, you know, in their CD collections or whatever. And, and, and I've always maintained that dance music is, is just fine. You know, it literally says what it's going to do. Yeah. Uh, dance. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't understand why anyone drives it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no point getting your heartbeat up. Your heartbeat actually syncs up to bass drums. You know, so there's no point getting your heartbeat up when you're just driving to Vale. It's like. But the but yeah but uh, again it's it's the musical language and I I, I really I I. I don't talk about it very much, but it's what I listen to when I'm watching bands, really. I mm. watch the drummer, the bass player, and listen to the structure of the songs. Mm. And then if the words are really good, I'll be like, yeah! <laughs> that... <Back up> Cameron! <laughs> <laughs> you must have listened to so much music. I mean, the fact that, you know, you, you make a living out of touring and festivals and writing music and performing music and you've you've also compared uh so yeah. some of our stages uh the earth fair and stuff and uh, yeah. you've been doing that for a while so you must have been exposed to a wide variety of music um what's yeah. that how did you get into like comparing and uh so being funny that's probably where the the drama actually paid off is um okay <laughs> But being funny is actually um, uh, a skill set in itself. Oh, what happened there? Um, the, that, that was a small uh, mouse that I I, oh, actually, true. <laughs> I, I, I stepped on as, as I'm pacing the room. Okay. <laughs> oh, and that was me breaking wind slightly. But anyway, <laughs> I, 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 so uh, toupee happened, which is, uh, I suppose, is probably the, the thing to, to work that into. Uh, toupee being a band that was we were always sort of improvising on stage to make each other laugh a lot mm. and it was all very much about the audience as well so that was the other thing that that's um uh it wasn't necessarily about making the audience feel good it was about making the audience realize that they were having a a moment of time you know and we were there with them sort of making making mm. the, the noise happen and and every gig should be different you should never see this as let's do the same thing as we did last time um that, you know, you, you've always got to factor in new things for each gig. And um, uh, and so we talk a lot on stage. We were funny. Uh, at some point, Rob said, uh, you know, hey, Grant, you should come and compare the thing because Sean doesn't want to anymore or whatever. And uh, and I've been doing it for 12 years now. <gasps> uh, yeah, it's been a long time. And I, I, to be honest, I could do with that weekend off. There's some really good festivals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, that I, you know, I keep getting asked to play, and, and every time the Vale Earth Fair says, "No, we've got your flights. You have to, <laughs> now. You have to come." Uh, so get roped in. Nice. No, uh, I love it. Absolutely love it. So, but, but yeah, um, but going on stage and just being able to talk is is another skill set in itself that you realise yeah. not every musician has as well. Um, and uh, yeah, and I did a bit of stand up for a while as well, which which sort of helped hone a few things. Um, I hated my stand-up, but at the same time, it was um, and it was terrible for making a name for yourself. But 
you ended up you end you end up with a skill set again to go on stage and sort of know where it's going to end up you kind of know where it's going to end up so up until then it's just a fun little journey can i ask did you did you do the stand-up before you started kind of doing the grant sharky bass yeah uh, to, okay uh, all right so there, was, so, there, there wasn't a time we just felt a bit naked because you didn't have the bass no there was a bit between toupee and um and doing this thing where um i didn't know quite what to do i thought stand-up might be the thing to do because people had asked me to try that and i did it for about i don't know a year or something like that and then you realize that you're, you're not you're not making any progress you don't actually end up with a fan base of any sort you just end up being oh the fat guy in the middle was funny um <laughs> but you don't really get you know sort of people don't go oh the grant sharky was funny no yeah. anyone's name in stand-up and um uh, and then I spent a little while uh, being a bookseller. Um, I had a bookshop, uh, and then also worked for a, a company that sold books at the university as well. Um, and then it, it was it was time. I was hitting thirty five, and I thought, shit, I need to do something with my life. Stop this regular job bullshit. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and then came up with the idea of, of doing the the forty albums in twenty years thing. Which so you, you really started making a living like as a professional musician, sort of, you, there's a few moments there that you kind of, you're saying work for Channel 5, was it like on off and then having to get other jobs on the side? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, there was, there was always jobs on the side um, with Toupe and stuff like that. Yeah, we all were. Only um, till about 35 did you manage to kind of... Yeah, well, it's about that. But I mean, I, I also tried a few other things. I mean, I, how how you, how I made my money wasn't necessarily the most interesting part for me. But it was. Um, uh, but the the gigs were always the most important part of the day, regardless. So as long as as long as the bills were paid, it was uh, it was okay, basically. And then, like I say, I hit about thirty five and decided to actually do the double bass thing properly. And by then, I'd learned how to actually work. I think. I think a lot of a lot of musicians end up in a, a, a strange trap of thinking that it's actually loads of fun. Um, but mm. it's, it's really not. But it's not. It's also not a dire situation as well, though. That's the thing. You know, it's it's just about settling down and doing the work. Yeah, um, you, you've got to work if you want to make it a job. Yeah, and, and I don't think you can turn up. Uh, you know, and I know this is um, uh, counterproductive to to the Guernsey scene, but I don't think you can turn up drunk. Um, to the gig. <laughs> really? I've no, I've no idea what the hell you mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, but but it's just the professionalism that you show any other job that you have, you know, is is um, know your shit and turn up on time and yeah. and we. I mean, know, we know we're shit. Different. Say again. We know we're shit. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, you are shit. Oh right, okay. <laughs> no, you know your shit. Oh, okay. No, your shit. No, your shit. <laughs> it's all about punctuation. Um, yes, it is. I I remember um you you said something last time that I saw you, Grant. You said oh, uh, I, I, I I realised a while Graham. ago that I uh, that I'm a musician and not a musician. Graham, he's he's dropped off. Gone. No, he's, he's dropped had, off. He's had enough of us. It was a oh, shit comment. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, he's back. Oh, someone logged me out there. Oh, brilliant! He knew right, he was shit. I, I, 
I don't know if you heard that, but I uh, no, I said I'd been removed by another participant. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, me because I'm shit. Is that what? <laughs> Sorry, what what did I miss? Um, so I was saying the last time that I saw you, it was for a, a house show, and, and oh, you yeah. made that point, and you made that point very, very uh, well by saying that it was a while ago that you realised that you that that you could either make be a a musician or a boozician. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, oh, that was very something that's really affected is a. Uh, is Chad, uh, I always say from the Bensons, but also from, from several other bands. But, uh, but yeah, he, he, uh, he goes, no, I'm definitely a musician. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided, yeah. I've decided now it's, I'm a musician and that's it. So, um, so I, I've, I've kind of, um, uh, hinted at something then. Can, can you tell us about how, how house shows came about? Uh, so one day, um, oh, hang on. So, I've got to work out where this happened. So obviously there's been the the punk scene for ages. The DIY punk scene often plays in people's houses. Um, and uh, there's a whole scene in the UK uh, for doing that. And, and there's these cool little warriors who basically put out their houses on a Saturday night for loads of people to come along. And the respect levels are just massive. So, you know, the, the, the house is never trashed. Um, are you still there? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Enthralled, um, buddy, enthralled. But, it went really quiet, but it might just be the virus. Um, <laughs> I uh, think we've lost Greg. The birds stopped tweeting, and what's that glow in the sky? <laughs> no, um, uh, <laughs> but the um, uh, so there's this this house show scene, and like I say, you know, the houses would be cleaner than it, they started when when they left. But there'd be a <laughs> in there, you know what I mean? And and <laughs> and um, you realise uh, there was one gig I was invited to where I turned up to this little student house in Southampton. And the Muncie Girls, do you know the Muncie Girls band? Nope. They're playing in the front room, and I'm literally sort of walking in on the bass player, sort of where she's playing, um, and uh, and just going, what the hell? And there's just people all up and down the stairs. It's absolutely ram. And you realise that it's, it's there is a way of doing it, and you realise most people are quite polite and nice in their own homes. Um, or in other people's homes. So <laughs> you can do a gig which is very much conditioned to that. Um, and, and you know, in a, in a venue, people are sometimes out to celebrate something other than music, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, show, sort of focused. In a house show, everyone's focused for, you know, for that one bit of entertainment and then a party sort of thing. There's a structure to it. So, so you can actually do different sorts of comedy and um uh and sort of how you perform you can you know you can really change things up um with a house show so yeah i've 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 been doing them for years in various states with comedy or whatever um but yeah the 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 I I think they're a brilliant idea. I mean, I, I, I didn't know that about the uh, the punk scene. The first time that I'd heard about a house show was through you. And yeah. uh, and I absolutely get that. I think that uh, those people that go to those gigs, gigs are often in, in invited guests. They are, you know, they are friends or family members of yeah. of, of the host. And so there's, there's such a strong intention for it to be a kind of a, a special thing and a I would have thought as a performer, as as somebody, especially for yourself, who's got such a breadth of kind of music and uh, depth and uh, it's uh, it's it's 
I always think that there's an ethics to what you do. There's a very strong sense of ethics, which kind of asks a lot. But you're but you're very um, you're very open to having a debate with somebody. If somebody doesn't adhere to to what you're talking about, you're quite happy to uh, have a chat with them about it. Which what, is the centre in the audience. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Firstly, no, it's it's not about that. I mean, it, obviously, I, I I do preface every gig with this is. Um, all from my own point of perspective and honesty and love. Um, and uh, so if, if you do disagree with any of this, all of you are horrible people. Um, <laughs> um, but, the, but the idea is to, um, I'm, I'm very focused in my life uh, to try and be as good a person as I can be. That doesn't mean being a saint and it doesn't mean, um, it doesn't mean never being angry or anything like that, but it, just, it does mean that the choices I make hopefully don't hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, as I move around and do things. And um, so so to come from that point where you're basically saying, maybe we should just help out the need or whatever, there's no, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's have a chat with how, they, how they've ended up there. You know, mm. I'd love to know how you ended up saying, well, I think we should help people because we can, and someone saying, I disagree wholeheartedly. Because <laughs> um, I don't understand that. So, so yeah, conversation is absolutely part of it but usually will end up in some sort of ridicule um of their own <laughs> making that's the that's the, you know, that's the glory of it so so yeah have a chat you know say so why are you a horrible person and they'll say well because <laughs> it's, it's, the economy <laughs> not a problem you can be that way and you've got to remember that person will be a different person in five years time as well yeah so i'm not going to change them all i can do is plant a seed that's that's the way i've always seen it so so I'm not going to sit there and argue all day about it, but um, but I will poke fun at them until they maybe feel like they haven't got it all sorted out yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool. That's, that's, a, that's a great thing to do. And I suppose if anyone's listening and they haven't uh, they haven't had a house show, they should tap you up. How do people contact you? How do people get get to know Grant Sharkey's music and sort of like book you up for things? Um, stick my name into Google. That's probably the best way of doing anything. But um, uh, uh, Facebook and Insta and um, uh, uh, and all those things. Bandcamp is a is a, a great way of hearing it all. It's all on Spotify yeah. anyway. Um, I've I've been having this huge argument with people about um, not a huge argument. Lots of there's lots of Bandcamp snobs out there. Have you come across any of these who basically go Bandcamp's the best thing in the world because it supports the artist the most or whatever, and and I've been there going, yeah, but we should stick it on Spotify for the people that. Oh, we've just lost. He's gone, gone again. It wasn't me. I didn't boot him yeah. because of the Bandcamp comment. Although I disagree. Bandcamp is the best <laughs> platform. <laughs> me out. Uh, oh, I just, I didn't agree with your point of view on Bandcamp. So I was just booting you out. Oh, okay. Definitely the best platform. <laughs> it was the I'm listening. But, no, but, you know, but I, I do think we should maybe put the investment out there. People can listen for, for less money, et cetera, you know, because not all of the audience is rich, um, you know. Yeah, and isn't it the argument of sort of, you know, if someone wants to listen to your stuff and they want to support you, then they'll support you. But if you... Oh, where are we going? I'm back again. Oh, he's, he's back he's again. Going. Oh, God. <laughs> it is. I, if if people want to listen to you for free, they'll find a way of listening to you for free. Yeah. It's better to make it easy. They can go and listen to you. If they want to support you, then people really will. 
yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, you people... and, and buy your merch and yeah. yeah. I, and people do. I just released an album on Friday, and um, people could pay whatever they wanted for um, uh, the digital versions and the CD version. I, I set the CD version at ten quid just because I've got limited resources essentially. So if you really want a CD and a bit of plastic sent to you, then I can, you know, it will cost more. But, um, but the, um, uh, but yeah, but people were sticking in 25 quid for the album and you go, wow, all right. And I've, I've done really, really well. And I'm very humbled by that, um, off this one album alone. So, so, mm. and, and, you know, thanks Graham. Um, and, um, <laughs> Uh, but, but well, I kind of want to talk to you about about the patron thing as well. Uh, yeah. Well, what, what do you want to um, Patreon's popped up on the scene recently. It's something I I don't really know. What 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 is it? What is it really? What is it? How does it work? I've seen these these patrons, especially at the moment where we've got so many artists just like that suddenly are out of work and things, and and yeah. Patreons appeared definitely more on my feed and it's something that I've never really looked into. So what, how does it work? Okay. So I've, I've been doing it for about a couple of years and, um, essentially I, uh, you realize that people want to be really kind and generous towards you. Um, and for years, my little British sensibility would be like, Oh no, it's fine. You don't, don't worry. It's just, I'll just see it the next gig. It's fine. Um, <laughs> because that, that some people have to do that. And, and, and and it almost becomes almost rude to say no no thank you to all that so patreon's aware of sort of taking all that um uncomfortableness out of it, all that awkwardness basically and sort of <laughs> saying well if you want to support me you can stick a couple of quid in my bank account every month and i'll keep knocking out stuff and you know various tiers of it so so higher tiers will you know you get um bits of merchandise and or extra tickets or whatever and things like that but yeah, you know, you you can put more things on it, but even then, most of those go unclaimed. I'm finding, um, you know, sort of. I when I when I say, "Come on, it's time for t-shirts now," and everyone goes, oh, "I'm fine." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, All right, um, but but people put money in every month, and it generates. Um, it basically generates my bottom line, and means I know exactly how much I will get per month from doing what I do. It's it's um, a really interesting uh, way of, like, of making art for people because it gives it gives them a way to support you, but then also uh, opportunity for you to trial out things with the people that are fans of yours. So you can you can yeah, put out yeah. content for them to to try, and if that works, you can push it out to other people as yeah. well. Part part of my thing is I try not to be exclusive. I try not to let anyone have exclusive access to me. Um, but you can put all the shit I, stuff on there feel, and see what people. See what people well, are interested yeah, in. You, you don't know what's going to be. <laughs> I've, I've always seen it. I'm, 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 do you remember an old artist from the 70s called Jesus Christ? Um, who, um, <laughs> You've always been Jesus no, Christ. I've, no, I've, I've always, I've always, um, I've always believed that everyone should have access to everything. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I don't, I don't believe in, I've never liked VIP sections for gigs and stuff like that. Right. I'm yeah. um, not, ever play gigs that do that but when festivals have a little sort of cornered off bit with a more expensive gin bar to say oh this is the vip <laughs> it's it's literally people paying to feel it's segregation essentially it's 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 uh, economic segregation and everything about my music is uh, 
against all of that. <laughs> so, so, so the idea of me going, oh yeah, but if you pay me a little bit more, you get to see my knob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not cool. So, so I've I've made it perfectly clear to a lot of people that there's that there's no extra access to me. Um, like I say, you should be able to. I always think that gigs should be free as well as much as possible you know as as there shouldn't be anyone who should be excluded or left outside from the gig because the person that probably needs a night out more than anyone is uh is the person that hasn't got much money or much fun in their life so get them in you know it, it, i agree with you i've played in loads of bands in fact most of the bands that i've played in we've ended up actually paying people to come into the gig <laughs> 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 I wondered how I ended up with more money the other night. <laughs> Grant, I mean, um, something that occurred me with the Patreon stuff that I've noticed that it, it's kind of like a US company or something, is it? Yeah, yeah, they are. It's the only company that seems to be doing it in that sort of um, uh, that monthly low income um, way of doing it, which um, which is what I'm a fan of. You can do, you know, some people use like crowd crowdfunder to get their albums made or whatever or um, I, I know you were you were bashing Bandcamp before like heavily but they also have a <laughs> subscription as well you can you can go to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, which is quite nice well yeah but um but also I just know that some people don't like um uh, using more than one thing you know yeah yeah totally. some people like music or some people use fucking Deezer or whatever you know oh, but what is that um, <laughs> I just put up the new album, you know, and, and, and the contracts I put them up for some things I've never heard of, you know, <laughs> um, like Chinese websites and stuff like that. <laughs> like, what the hell is all this? But I, I swear they put a list of icons on there just so that you feel like you're getting your money's worth. Yeah. Our phone <laughs> don't yeah. exist. You know, but at the same time, you know, the, the, the Spotify and um, Apple Music um, revenue and the Google Play Music, that all pays for itself. So uh, so now all those albums go on essentially the same 50 quid investment um, mm. every year or every six months. It, it doesn't really matter now. It's, 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 it's wiping its nose, as they say. It's washing it. And as you said as well, you know, it's people prefer different platforms. I know that, like, Deezer, as you said, uh, most of my friends in France will use Deezer over Spotify because that's what they're used to. Yeah. Um, and that's what they've, they've got, and they seem that's the platform they prefer, really. And it's in yeah. all the bars as well. So if you go into most of the bars, they'll be using Deezer rather than yeah. Spotify as their, as their music. To, yeah. They, to, I, no, I, th I think there is a... a, a uh, a, a huge uh, market out there for various the you know there's people use Tidal because they like Jay Z or whatever you know and and there's there's yeah there's there's lots of basically everyone should have access as to how they want to have it rather than me saying no only Bandcamp pays me more therefore uh, yeah. mm, should should use that um, uh, and it's you know that's it's also it's a loss leader sorry there's a little boy racer going past um, <laughs> but the um, but there's a there's there's a loss leader to it as well. So you know, if people can check you out on Spotify before a gig, chances are they'll come along and sing along a little bit harder or whatever, and you know they'll put you on a playlist or whatever. And it's 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 fine. I don't mind losing money off of Spotify as such. What it is is um, it's more it's much more about the audience than it is about uh, my income streams as such. 
um obviously if i'm making negative money i'll 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 just go get a proper job but um <laughs> but it, i'm not you know this is the thing is there's a there's a really lovely um spectrum as to how people support music and yeah. and we have to embrace all of which is probably helping with, with the current situation um having some sort of extra revenue from other places rather than just the gigs to, to help make up for that yeah um, I mean, oh, don't get me wrong. Ninety-five percent of it all, but yeah, but um, but the but yeah. I mean, there are there are ways of doing things. I mean, I haven't done any live streams yet. Um, I don't necessarily want to because double bass is a terrible on phone microphone. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, have to, I have to learn everything on a ukulele. Oh god! Um, <laughs> and nobody wants that, do they? Nobody, <laughs> no, nobody wants that. Um, I would love to see you do a full set on the ukulele, Grant. Just saying. A Patreon the fuck out of that. (laughs) 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 All right, I'll do it. I was thinking about writing a few songs about Frank Turner. Uh, I've got beef beef with Frank at the moment. I just can't can't abide it. I don't know what it is. But anyway, (laughs) I might grab a guitar and start doing some stuff. Um, Just learn four chords. Shave my beard nicely. Sometimes about absolutely nothing that seemed to uplift people. Get a haircut. Um, yeah, yeah, that'd <laughs> be nice. Um, but yeah, the, the but yeah, the live stream thing does nothing for me because because of the fact that it's, it's about the audience. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're you're playing your songs, and if you miss, you know, the funniest comment of the day or whatever, you're not going to pick up on it. It's like it's like playing a gig without any heckles. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously though, yeah. You know, what's the point in doing it if you're not going to acknowledge the fact that the audience is there, um, or you can't acknowledge the fact that the audience is there? So, so for me, it feels like I was saying this the other day. I'm, I feel like I'm in a, a, a double act with the audience every night. You know, yeah. there's always going to be someone in there that makes it happen, and it's just me going on stage, going right. Here's a song about Tories. Um, <laughs> I, I have seen a couple of artists doing uh, um, Skype sessions where they'll play on a Skype call so you can actually have a bit of chat in between the songs with the people listening as well quite, quite interesting yeah no that, there is that. I, I was thinking of doing something like that but um, again but I, you hate I Skype don't have to regulate that. <laughs> um, I do hate Skype I, I, I'm frankly not enjoying this at all but yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding I'm kidding it's great it's great to know that Elliot's listening that's what I like <laughs> um, <laughs> but um but the the uh, yeah the part of it's more to do with i've got limited technology and um i don't necessarily want to start spending loads on performing my ego doesn't need to perform you know that's the thing is uh, mm. there's no part of me that is going i can't wait to all i want to do is gig i just need to broadcast myself i don't want to do that um i'm quite with who i am so I'll leave that to the other people. And I'll, I'll definitely leave it to the artists that need it as well. You know, I am supported. So I, I do feel like if I make space rather than try and occupy it all, then um, then I, I feel like I'm doing my job just as much. It might not be as appreciated, but at the same time, um, we need billing rather than people going, right, seven o'clock, everyone just gets online. We divide the audience into six people. That's no good for the guy that's living in his van. Yeah. You know, who actually just needs that that sixty quid he's gonna make that week or whatever off that live stream and 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 to um 
yeah, whereas, you know, if you're sort of clogging up the airwaves with um, huge charity singles or whatever, <laughs> you kind of, it, it, it's kind of bad. But also you're competing against the bedroom guys who go, well, I know a little bit of Weezer, I'm going to go for it. Um, Say it ain't so. So, so there's, 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 you know, it's just a huge bottleneck, essentially. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, part of seeing a bottleneck is to go, no thanks. Yeah, I don't join that crowd. So, so yeah, I'll work out something. I think I will, I'll definitely do something with the Patreon patrons anyway. Um, try and do some sort of gig just to say thank you because I can't actually do the the actual um, normal gigs. Shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and do that and maybe try another thing where less people maybe I don't know if I can sort of narrow it down to sort of ten people per Zoom or whatever. Then maybe that yeah, maybe maybe if you recorded something, but then let the people know before you record it and invite them to send you in heckles. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Then, then you can just you could just read out the heckles yeah, just halfway through the song instead or, of having or or, or 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 in between songs. Yeah, just have you, have your hat out with heckles in it, and you can kind of pick them out at random. Yeah, <laughs> you can heckle yourself. Randomized heckles. I like it. Yeah, Brian Eno would like that. It'd be some kind of like schizophrenic gig. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Worth a try. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be very honest. Yeah, you are. I just I just wanted to ask you about um how uh, so you you talked a bit about um um toupee and and yeah. doing the and doing the compare, but how did your relationship with Guernsey start? How did you? Come well, to find yourself here. Uh, well, um, because you're not here now. You're actually phoning us from your garden in Southampton, presumably. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I am. Uh, well, OK, so a bass player. I was working with my good friend Aaron Head many years ago and we started a band called Toupee. And that was fun. Uh, and then the drummer changed and we got Carl Evans in on bass. Two bass players and a drummer. Um, at some point, we were doing loads and loads of gigs, and we were playing in Bournemouth with Fly Casual. Oh, I remember them. Damon and Owen. Um, uh, and we were playing in a place called Mr. Smith's, and they invited over a band from Guernsey called Remainder Three, which was Lynchy and Barney. Uh, you had Rachel and Nick uh, Dodds. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Um, uh, there was someone else, and I can't remember the bass player's name. But definitely wasn't a Nazi, and um, <laughs> uh, and they uh, they played, and Barney was like, "Oh, I'm on the committee for the uh, for the Bell Fair. You should come on over," because uh, he really liked what we were doing, and uh, and we said, "Yeah, all right, yeah, sure." Um, Always working the angles, that Barney. Always yeah, working yeah. the angles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we stayed in the TARDIS. We actually slept in the TARDIS when we came to the recording studio. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, which is the best night's sleep you'll ever have. Yes, it's so insulated. It's an yeah. insulated thing. Did they so have dark. the wardrobe toilet then? Uh, I can't remember. No, no, there was a toilet there. Okay. But yeah, but I, I can't remember. That was that was yeah. It was a long time ago now. But um, but we played and we missed our first gig on the Saturday night. We're supposed to be playing the Fairmount Tavern with um, Sonic Boom Six. Oh, uh, I remember that gig. And great. Yeah. And, but our ferry was had one engine running or not running. I can't remember. And oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, 
so we ended up we ended up being late and classic uh, Guernsey tale. But yeah, but, yeah, but then we we obviously the festival was brilliant and um, we played a, a the main stage. I can't remember five o'clock or something like that. So it was a really good fun one. You know, it's like a really nice crowd and everything. And um, uh, yeah, and and essentially we sort of just hit it off. And Barney's become a super duper friend uh, since then. Old Barney Bean. Um, uh, who is now? Well, what's what is he? Now, who's he playing for now? He's obviously skyscrapers. Yeah. Right, Black Alaska, as well. Um, yeah, and doing, and doing some really good drum and bass mixes, by the way, is, oh, is yeah. DJ Bin- uh, Binary Reaper. He's yeah, doing some killer mixes, really good. Yeah, he's he's a top bloke, and he he he's one of my favourite people in the whole wide world. He makes and, very um, good absinthe cake. Yes, he does make very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He made I have yet to try this. For a very, very, very yeah. good friend of mine, and he basically destroyed the entire uh, party. It just <laughs> people that turned up for this party uh, were, were completely sober and not and not you know drinking and driving and, and big and things, and uh, and they wiped out. There was, yeah. I think, island taxis ran out of taxis. Yeah, the, 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 the green fairy cake was great, but yeah, it was. Um, uh, but yeah, Barney, Barney and I, we, we, essentially, we, we became friends, and then I was asked back the next year to just compare the um, the main stage, um, and then it just sort of carried on. Basically, I just, I just, ne- there's never been a year when I haven't come to Guernsey at the worst now. Um, oh, 2020. You get, you get involved as. With- as well it's like you're not just you seem to i mean i've, I've been uh litter picking with you at the villa there i think yeah. sleeping out the waste as well so you you don't well, just into the comparing well there is that i mean the compare job isn't actually that hard it's 12 hours of going on stage going you're ready for the next thing um, <laughs> it's not, not actually that hard and i'm i don't pay for my flights so there is a part of me that feels like i i need to earn my keep a little bit as well and plus barney Barney still, uh, although he's not on the committee anymore, he still takes the time to to come and help clean the castle and stuff like that as well. So, so we we spend we spend our, our days uh, trying to trying to help out where possible and be useful. Never get too hard into it, you know. I never never do the run where you got to take the barriers back to the shed. Ugh. <laughs> but but quite happy to litter pick and and to sort rubbish it out and all that. And we had a great time last year. That was great fun. We did the we did the the sorted out all the bins. What we in about six hours, right? Wow! It was um, it was a really special year last year. I think it was like one of the one of the best ones that definitely I've been to. One of the cleanest for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's true. I mean, you notice it after, year after year. You notice that people uh, are using the bins properly. I think David Attenborough had a huge effect this year. You had less plastic waste. Oh, I didn't see him there. So what? Right. I didn't see David there. Uh, he comes <laughs> mate. Yeah, was he on the View Alleluia stage? <laughs> yeah. He, he sits up at the um, uh, Herald's bar and commentates the whole. <laughs> <laughs> Pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was um, uh, uh, just one of those things. Uh, yeah, I've I've always I've always liked to be involved as much as possible. It's just it's a it's a cool thing. I don't think the people of Guernsey, if you don't leave the island, realise exactly how great that one day is you know it's now two days in it with the sound festival as well but mm. um but the, you know that whole weekend of of 
just a bit of music happening in such a lovely place. Um, and these are the bands that are traveling from France and from the UK and all over the place to come and play there as well, along with local bands. It's, it's such a great mix, such a brilliant mix of mm. things. And, and it's, it is a great weekend. And, um, and if I can uh, also tap a little bit of Guernsey fun at the same time, there's obviously the Delarue um, the night afterwards as well for the Wend Down gigs, which are, are always good fun. Really good. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone's knackered and just going there. So <laughs> it's, it's really good fun. Um, you know, and if, if you haven't seen Bobby Battle rip a, rip the oar off of the Delarue, really, <laughs> you haven't you lived. lived. If you ask me, you haven't lived. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's it, yeah. For me, it's it's it's. It, I w- I would quite happily exile myself there in a Victor Hugo sort of way. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and yeah, come there and write books. That my country is. Um, well, you've got a lot more albums to write first, buddy. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Then it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, left easy. Listen, good luck with this with this next with this. Like, it's volume two, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's Radical U Volume Two. Radical U Volume One came out six years ago. No, three years ago, six albums ago, and uh, that was uh, all about me having to think about where we were in terms of populism, and this is me having to have a good think about where we are in terms of virus. Mm. So, yeah, the, the the pros and the cons. Yeah, but I also I also it's it it's a funny old story where you know things like going to to the big shop is uh is now the drama. <laughs> um, out like a hunter gatherer so, so. yeah there's, uh, <laughs> and there's uh there's might be a little bit where i start talking to a garlic plant i'm growing called gali barlow um, <laughs> i met gary barlow <laughs> yeah, you met gary Bar- yeah i met gary barlow, barlow but not gali barlow uh, did you ask you for some money uh no i was taking his picture so <laughs> That was, that was a good thing. I'm really. <laughs> that was a pretty good thing on um, on Twitter earlier, which was uh, the BBC asking who should Gary Barlow collaborate with next. Brunt. And, uh, and someone and someone commented uh, HMRC. Thanks, Gary. But anyway, Right, but Gary Barlow is massively different though. He's a socialist. He doesn't like Boris Johnson at all. Of course. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he's a character in the whole thing. He ends up cheering <laughs> me up by giving me a lovely pair of dungarees. <laughs> it's, <done about. laughs> it's a bit of a musical. <laughs> was that was great. very high concept. Yeah, it was, uh, they all are. There was supposed to be an album called UK, hun, um, which, was, um, which is all about... Uh, which is all about UK having post-traumatic stress disorder since uh, since all of the, everything going on, and uh, essentially how we're just about to lose Scotland and Wales, and no one gives a fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's a family falling okay. out, right? Happening right now, and uh, but yeah, that, that album had to be scrapped for this one. So it was all written as well. That's the thing is that was it was all scored as well. I had cello parts for it and everything. Wow. And uh, and then went oh no, that's done. So, fuck that's what I'm going to do with that. Um, hey, before you go, I think I think that we should mention Dan, don't you? Because he's 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 a stalwart of the of the recording process, and yeah, uh, 
He's my producer. Um, well, he likes to call himself that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Dan Parkinson, yeah, he's a guitarist. He's in a band called The Dirty Dead. He was uh, he did a little tour last year with a band called Echo Vandal um, from Australia, uh, who supported Incubus on their European tour and all that sort of stuff. And um, and yeah, he's produced lots of stuff. He does he does a bit of uh, does a bit of griff work for Skindred every now and then and stuff as well to sort out their. Uh, their pro tour sessions and stuff and um solid uh, going yeah he's a top top bloke and he was my sound man once at the railway inn in winchester and came up to me absolutely just just hustling for work and said oh, i've got a studio if you want to record and uh, and i was just like well i'm thinking about doing an album every six months and uh, he went all right uh, <laughs> um and so so he recorded number one and now we've just done 15. wow so, yeah so so we've every, every it's weird not recording an album with him in the room, but um, yes. but yeah, he's he's put he's put his uh he's put his mark all over it by playing drums on things and adding a bit of keyboard and um, telling me I'm shit. <laughs> yeah, and he and he played with Toupe brief, briefly, didn't he? Yeah, well? yeah. We, yeah. We wrote a very quick um, uh, Toupe album with him in 2016 because um, Carl was missing in action or missing in ecstasy. We don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and yeah we so we 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 said dan you're you've got the same sense of humor that's all i ever needed it didn't need another bass player I needed someone with the same sense of humor <laughs> um um and yeah we wrote a whole album which was uh, sort of all about the referendum i think it was yeah pencils pretty much uh, yeah that was that was fun um uh the first song being uh, called Hi Dan, which where the, the, the big chorus is, <laughs> where's Carl? Um, yeah, kind of fun. Um, about that. <laughs> I'm afraid I've got loads of for that. Um, but yeah, but Dan, Dan works his ass off and, and every year we, uh, we, we, we shake our heads and slap our bellies with joy at, uh, at how much work we've done, essentially. Now that we've done 15 albums, seven and a half years worth of work, Wow, you know, and it, it just it feels like we're doing the job. Feels like we're doing it just fine, and well, and that's really good. I think I think this little island has benefited from knowing you and you coming over and and being part of the. Uh, until good, there's a, until the there's a water slide down the Val de Terre, I don't think I've done my job. <laughs> <laughs> just a true fact. Until there's a. Do it. We'll get working on it during quarantine, don't worry. <laughs> Give us something to yeah, do. Sorry, I've been camping for 12 years. <laughs> and and I, not, I will not rest. Actually, I, um, you say that, but the um, the steps that go up there have actually all collapsed, so it's basically just a big mudslide at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to start putting that petition together. And... Um, but I always just thought if, if you could get super drunk at the tav, watch a band. Slide into town. You go, <laughs> you go up to this top, there's a there's a little guy in shorts there who goes <laughs> holds his hand up, says nope, nope. There's a guy. <laughs> you get back to you end up in the bathing pools a, at the bottom. On a, on a slipstream of breeder. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lovely image. Finals. Then you can just yeah you can get back to town well quick I reckon, <laughs> and people would do that wouldn't they they would so do that yeah totally you'd go to the tav just to get back from the tav yes 
I mean, you might not even want to go in the TAV. It's worth it. Oh, no, the, the hoop has to be in the TAV. Oh, the starting yeah. point, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think out the back door, onto the little um, onto the little veranda, and that's where the hoop starts. <laughs> Straight out of the car park. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought this through, and to be honest, <laughs> I can't think my letters are rejected by the States. <laughs> we'll support it. <laughs> I know. Let's start a petition. Yeah, let's do it. I'll get it up on the website. <laughs> Just think of Bobby Battle going down it. Go on. With, the, with his all from the <laughs> Delarue. <laughs> I can see that happening. Yeah, yeah, it'd be awesome. Uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you, how are you with everything, Elliot? How am I? Oh, good, good, whatever that was. <laughs> good. <laughs> I can't really hear you at the moment. It's, it's just cut out. No. No, that's what I was thinking. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I think we have to wrap this up now, fellas. Oh. Yeah, I'm getting cold. I haven't got on. Yeah. I need to go out hunting for my dinner. Yeah, I need to go and get some dinner. And I, I, it was, it's my internet connection. I'm hoping this is recorded really well because my internet connection hasn't been particularly. Um, nah. It has it. <laughs> <Really> good. <laughs> we're, we're in pig porn yeah, hour, so. But we can do this all again when you're back in August. For the yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, totally. for sure. We're definitely, everything will be normal then. We'll definitely be allowed to put 5,000 people together. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Just think of the mosh pits as a so distance thing. <laughs> that's, that's what I think. Two meter distance mosh pit. <laughs> just got to all wear big, really big spiked collars. There's loads of people like throwing themselves in the air and falling on the floor. <laughs> it would be amazing. I can't wait. Yeah. Looking forward um, to it. Yeah, I, I, we do have to do it again. Do it again. That's not a problem. <laughs> Lovely. Brilliant. Hey. Please. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Grant. I've just Thanks made some money. I need to go check them because they were pulled out of the oven. I've got to go check them. Okay. Oh, quick, quick. Go, go, go. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to go make a coffee. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone.